0: Imagine suddenly without warning being forced into quarantine so you don't contaminate your family. Imagine suddenly without warning you no longer have access to your normal emotional comforts. Imagine suddenly without warning you have to give it to yourself. Imagine suddenly without warning you go from invincibility to sheer panic in one week. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 20, The Conditioning. From the time I was born, my dad said the N-word frequently. But not just the N-word, stupid or dumb always came before it. I have many memories of him screaming the N-word at strangers as we were riding around in his car. He never explained to me what the word meant. He never explained to me exactly how they were so dumb or stupid. As these memories have come flooding back, I remember being a child and getting knots in my stomach and my body tensing any time he would use the N-word. Because it's not about the word, it's the emotion behind it. When he would say the N-word, there was hate, disgust, and pure intolerance. My podcast episodes 16 and 17, where I have a conversation with my friend Sandra about her perspective and experience as a Black woman in America showed me there are many layers of daily injustice I did not even realize existed. I have been living in my own conditioned world of unworthiness, fear to speak my truth, fear of asking questions because of a potential consequence attached with this. As I have unwound my own conditioning, I'm starting to see others. Now that I have social media accounts for the podcast, I've started to make friends with other podcasters. And one of those is Willie Porter. An episode on this podcast I was listening to the other day completely stopped me in my tracks. His podcast that he makes with his wife, Fiona, The Thing About Us, is about him and his wife and a daily sneak peek into their marriage on a day to day basis. But this is not what stopped me in my tracks. There are several episodes where Willie has his teenage son, Zion, give a short, poignant presentation about an important time in Black history. The other day, as I was listening to one, it was about the events of Red Summer in 1919. Mr. Porter stopped me in my tracks when he began to tell his own story of what it's like for him to simply drive to work in his car at night. It wasn't the words Mr. Porter used. It was the emotion behind it. I knew immediately I needed to hear his story, and I knew the world needed to hear his story as well. So, Willie Porter, thank you for coming on my show today. I really, really appreciate you.
1: Oh, thank
2: you
0: for having me. I, the point of this uh, episode is for people to hear a regular person in their day-to-day life. And what it's like for you. Um, Before we get into all that, I wanted to have the listeners, for you to give the listeners a little bit of background about where you grew up, where you're from. And by the way, I don't know any of it because I wanted to be a listener as well and listen to your story. Okay? So if Mm you go ahead. Thank you. Uh,
2: Yes. Um, My name is Willie Porter. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm a 40-year-old black man. I'm a warehouse worker, but I also went to school for, um, for culinary. Mm. So I have that also as a background, and now I'm podcasting.
0: <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. And yeah. you, so you, did you grow up in Louisville, Kentucky? Yes. Okay. And did you grow up in like a pretty much all black neighborhood, or was it mixed, or what was it like? It was pretty much all black. There was
2: some, some white families, but not many.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, and in your community, like with my friend Sandra, like they pretty much, you know, stayed in their part of the town. Um, did, were was that like? Is it like that in your community growing up as well?
2: Uh, no, not really. I mean, everybody kind of goes every anywhere, everywhere they they want to go. Mm-hmm. There are there are some subdivisions or areas that. Uh, some people just don't go just based on the the I don't want to say the area, but it's, it's some areas you just don't go to because you don't know anybody that lives there. You know what I mean? Right. So you kind of so just stay. You kind of go where you know people. You know what I mean? So right, that, right. That, that's
0: kind of how it is. Gotcha. Because that's like safety, making sure that you have you're around people that at least you know. So. Right. Um, okay. Well, that's very cool. So then you got, uh, how many, you've been, you're married to Fiona, correct? Yes. Okay. How old were you when you got married to Fiona? How'd y'all meet?
2: Oh, man. I was 30,
0: 32?
2: Uh-huh. 34. It, it's me, I, actually, our six-year anniversary is coming up next week.
0: Wow.
2: So, and I met her through my sister. She used to do her nails.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's how we met. And Fiona's a teacher. Is that right?
2: Yes. Fiona is a teacher. Yes.
0: Okay. Cause I was trying to, uh, when I would listen to her, you know, I, I think that's what she would, she would talk about the school and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, and, and her, her fears and her frustration with the pandemic and how the school's not supporting and then the parents, you know, they're all entitled and those kinds of things. It's just such a, frustrating multi-dynamic of stuff so oh yeah so um and then zion is your teenage son yes i love his voice he's great let me ask you this what first of all what made you and fiona was it your idea about the podcast or both you and fiona like whose idea how that all happen?
2: it was my idea and then i kind of was like well babe won't you go ahead and just do this with me and you know it'd be a good way for us to kind of kind of use this as a, as a therapy platform
1: or mm-hmm. whatnot
2: and then then it kind of took us some time to kind of figure out what was going to be our format so I was like well let's do relationships mm-hmm. so we, we, kind of, we kind of just took it from there and it's been, it's been going pretty well so far
0: yeah I like it how y'all just are your what I love y'all are so authentic in yourselves and it's just like, it's like we're not even there. It's almost like we shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Right. But that's what I love about it. Because it's so, you know, authentic. And it's it's not this, you know, hi, you know, this whole, right. you know, cheesy thing, you know, not genuine right. thing. What made you decide right. to throw Zion in the mix with his his Black History um, presentations?
2: Well, I, I had told Fiona that I wanted to do something really special for black history month and i'm mm-hmm. like you know what i was like you know what hey Zach, come here here's a mic
0: yeah <laughs> here's yeah a
2: mic. this is what you're gonna do and it just so happens a couple of his first two mini podcasts that he did he actually had already did some of the work and then we kind of listened to what he had and made him kind of go back and tweak tweak a few things you know to uh this story doesn't sound like it was a school presentation,
0: right, right, right right, yeah, so. I, yeah, I love it, um and I will tell you one of my favorite things about it too is at the end is you always ask him, what do you think about that mm-hmm. you don't lead him, you let you you let him sh- give him space and security mm-hmm. to be able to express himself his right. emotions, and then. What I love, too, is then you, you express your own emotion and how you feel. Like, that is just, where did, is that something in your family that y'all do? Or do you create that yourself?
2: I create that myself.
0: That's no, amazing. That's not, something that's not something we really do in my family, no. It's mm-hmm, not. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What would happen if you were to express yourself in your family?
1: Uh,
0: I don't think, I don't think
2: I'll. I don't think it would be a bad thing. I just think that it'll it either either throw them off because they're not used to having these type of conversations, uh
0: huh,
2: or I may or I may just kind of feel like, well, they're not really they're not really feeling this, so I, right, like, I'm wasting my time. So uh huh
0: uh huh, exactly yes yes yes. That's so that's so interesting. Like you think it'd be like kind of dead silence,
2: right right.
0: Gotcha. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's. It's so interesting. Like w- w- growing up with me, it was there. It was screaming. Like you know, it was screaming and manipulation, and you're being told what you're saying is not the reality. So, you right. know, so and that's interesting. Like with your family, it would just be quiet. Like everybody just kind of shuts down and avoids or whatever it is. You know. Right. Right. So that is so. So you, but you know, with, that's really important to, I could just tell like you, it's important for Zion to share his, his, how he feels. And for you, he needs to see that cause you're his role model. Right. Right. Very important. And yeah. Very
2: important. That That's one thing that I, when we, when me and Fiona got together and we was blending, uh, actually, Zion's actually my stepson. Okay. So that was one of the things that I want, i talked to him and his sister about was making sure that hey if you ever need to talk or Uh, anything you want to talk about just let me know you know or if there's your mom or if it's something that you feel like you don't want to involve your mom because you you know how teenagers they grow and they get all they get kind of kind of picky about what they want to share with Mm -hmm. certain with certain parent, so I was like, just, you know, the lines is always open. Whatever whatever you want to talk about, just, or whatever you feel like you're comfortable, just, just let me know, and we can talk about
0: it. Yeah, that is super, super special that he has a stepfather like you, because I mean, that is, because a lot of times, like you said, when you're a teenager, you, you don't even want to go to your mom or dad. I mean, my that was really never an option for me anyways, but I did have a wonderful, I do have a wonderful aunt, and did have a wonderful aunt growing up that I could share private things with her where there's no judgment I'm you know I have that safe space to express myself it's so important right so um and you were talking about you know what it's like for you when you get in the car at night Mm -hmm. can you kind of start talk about that again and like you were talking about a curfew and they were, you were frustrated with work. They were, didn't even think about you being a black man and having to be in your car at night, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, what it was, what I was explaining to Zion, was that uh, during the time when uh, Brianna, the whole Brianna thing had happened, mm-hmm. and at one point the it, it got so bad of her, they ended up doing a curfew. Mm. In the city, and I can't exactly remember what the time was, but it, it it was a run of time that I would go to work in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it was like the it, it didn't lift until like six a.m. Well, I, I'm out like three or four o'clock in the morning going to work. Wow. So all they all they really did was like give us a piece of paper. <laughs> the that to say that, you know, we was on our way to work or, you know, we was going to work, but, you know, I, I had a diversity meeting with some people at work, and I was like, you know, it was very, it, it's very frustrating for, you know, some of the black employees that some of us have to be at work at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning or we are, we're on the road at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning during a curfew. So imagine us being being black we're driving in the curfew. So I'm I'm double checking, make sure I got my seatbelt on, make sure I got my wallet and license and everything with, with, within reach just in case I get pulled over. So I'm, I'm checking my rear mirror probably every 10 seconds or Fiona's calling me every 10-15 minutes to see where I'm at to make sure I'm okay. <sighs> so it was like, I mean, this went on for like almost two two and a half weeks where I would let her know, Hey, I'm leaving and then I get a call, you know, a mile or two from the house. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. And then I would have to like call her again to say, Hey, I made it safely to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, y'all y'all didn't even take it into consideration some of the black employees, like how we felt. It's like it's like we we, we didn't like we weren't even thought about when when y'all thought about doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, now it had been different. They'd be like, "Well, you know, hey, just wait till the curfew's over." That way, no, there was there was no consideration at all about how we felt.
0: And how did they react when you brought this up?
2: Uh, the typical. Well, we didn't we didn't think about that.
0: <laughs> was there a, an apology like i'm sorry we made a mistake yeah they they
2: they they apologized and they you know they was just like we it was for them it was just something they just didn't think about
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, you know it's like you know you have to stand you no know, we're for us being black this is something tensions was already at, like at an all-time high during this time i see no, it was like very, very high, so what was, was going like, on
0: like were there protests and stuff, or what was going oh, yeah on? The,
2: the, there was protests every night for almost six months
0: what
2: yeah, and it it got to the point to where it, some 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 things had happened and some some incidents had happened, and uh they ended up doing a curfew
1: mhm
2: for about for about a week or two, so that that wasn't uh, that wasn't fun. But I mean, it the the whole thing that I was trying to stress stress to them was that sometimes y'all have to think about some of the, some of the, the decisions that y'all making. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it doesn't just affect you; it affects everybody you and know? families and, and whole families and, and family. And you know, we we just felt like the black and employees. We just felt like we was forgot about.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and, uh, I know there was, there was one point where they actually, a lot of the businesses for my, for my jobs that they start boarding up the windows and doors.
0: Wow. Oh, it must've been so, really bad.
2: It, it was, but it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. that bad. Yeah. You no, know, I, I, I had a manager ask me, he was like, uh, what do you think about, um, what do you think about these boards? And I was mm-hmm. like, I looked him in his face, and I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, they're starting to feel what it's like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not uncomfortable right now. I was like, I'm used to being uncomfortable. Being mm-hmm. black, we wake up uncomfortable. When we walk out the door, get in our cars and dive down, drive down the street, we're uncomfortable because we just never
0: know. So you already even before all this, you already feel uncomfortable, you already feel like a target just right when your feet hit the floor.
2: I want not I wanna necessarily say a target, but you know, you, you you just you you kinda have you're unease because you just you never you never mm-hmm. know.
1: Right. You just never know.
2: So right. It, it you know, it, I mean no matter if you just you know, you just driving,
1: you
0: mm-hmm.
2: know miss a turn signal, miss a stop sign right. whatnot, you just you, you just never know.
0: And do you guys talk about this in your community like when you're just like at you know you know eating dinner or whatever like when you're with the rest of your family y'all talk about these things going on and do y'all and even like give pointers on how to you know act and what not to do if the police pull you over?
2: Oh yeah, yeah it's it, it's a conversation, but you know it, it wasn't even just, you know, just the police. It's, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily about the police. It's just about this, you know, anyone.
0: Chaos, you know, all you, the chaos.
2: Yeah, yeah, you just never know. It, it wasn't necessarily just the police mm-hmm. you know, feeling target about that. It was just, you know, anyone, anything can happen. You just, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. You never know. But, yeah, it, it was a conversation. I mean, I know me and Fee definitely had it. And I had a couple other people that, you know, we, we spoke about it. But you know, it, it was just like one of those things. You know, just make sure you got your license and you know your your uh, insurance card. You know, make sure you got everything there. That way, if something does, if you do get pulled over or something happens, you get it right there. You know.
0: With, mm-hmm. with the and will you refresh my memory and everyone else's memory? Tell me about Brianna Taylor. What ha- what was that whole thing about? What was that? What happened? Uh, Brianna was was killed
2: in her home in her in her home during a uh, no-knock raid mm-hmm. and she uh you no, know, unfortunately she she died and, and that sparked a big a big big outcry here in the, in the community
0: and that was in Texas is that correct
2: no that was in Louisville
0: oh, it was in Louisville okay because there yeah. was someone here like this okay gotcha okay so that was in Louisville so that was right in your like backyard yes Gotcha. Okay, and everyone was upset because she wasn't doing. She was minding her own damn business, right. right? And got killed. Even minding her own business, she wouldn't even out in her car or anything. She was minding her own business, and what about that upset everybody? Not just that. Were there other things that upset the community about all of that?
1: Uh,
2: when it came down to it, it was just how how everything was handled. Mhm you know it, it was how everything was handled and that that's what really sparked a lot of protest here was this mm-hmm. how how it was happen, how mm-hmm. how it happened and and how they was dealing with it
0: mhm like they weren't being transparent or direct or you know given yeah. given the fake speeches or whatever right and how did all everything finally calm down like what what kind of was the turning point of all that
2: oh when they found when they found one of the cops killed,
0: gotcha okay
2: and that that kind of that kind of know calmed things down
0: mhm-,
2: but even still it was it was still then it was months months later that there there was still protest after that because they just you know there there it was like it was like nothing really really got accomplished as far mm-hmm. as justice justice mm-hmm. wise so there mm-hmm. there was still there was still of like pro, still some protests going on
0: yeah and i'm curious um what cuz you know sometimes justice looks different for everyone you know what do you think like would have been the thing that would have everybody just kind of appeased most everybody like what do you what would in your mind like what would you what would been the thing for them, for everything, you know, just like a fake fantasy, you know, like what right. would it be? What, 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 would in your mind, what would it be for, for everything just to go beautifully and smoothly for everyone to be satisfied? I guess you could say. Transparency.
2: If, if they had really, you know, came out and, and laid it all out, I think it would have been, it would have been different. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole transparency, it, it would have been, it would have been really different if, if they had, if they had did that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because when you're not transparent, even if you can't give all the facts, like say that, I don't, but when you're not transparent, it feels like you're hiding something and then it feels like it's intentional, right? Right. And then it feels like you're trying to cover up someone that did something really bad. And so you're just one of them. We can't trust you. So there's like trust gone. We don't feel safe now. And, you know. There's been so many different things that have happened in events, you know, in the world all the time um, where, where p- leaders in the community are not transparent. People that are supposed to protect you and you're not protected. Not only are you not protected, but you're also there. The person, the bad guy, quote unquote, like is getting away with it. And yeah. it's you. You don't feel safe, you know. Right. Um, right. So. I, I know you listened to my friend, um, Sandra's, um, you know, our episodes and she was talking about the the struggle of the black man and how they're viewed as aggressive. Do you have any experience with being treated like that? Like someone viewing you? Well, first of all, how tall are you?
2: Six foot.
0: You're six foot. So you're kind of tall. So yeah. have you had encounters where people assumed you were aggressive
2: I'm I'm gonna say yes, just because I don't I don't I'm not I don't always smile. uh-huh, I'm not I know I, I keep a straight face, and uh-huh. I'm, I am a I am a big guy. So uh-huh. just I think just my natural appearance can come off as he uh-huh. maybe be aggressive, but we're not uh-huh.
0: sure. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And um, have you ever been followed around in a store before?
2: I can't say that I have. If I, you know, if I did, I wouldn't care. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: you weren't paying attention. Well, you maybe couldn't see them. You're you're tall, right? Right. <laughs> gotcha. Right. And then what about like when she was talking about like receipts? Like they're gonna do. They're gonna check the black man. Do they? Do you feel like you your receipt is checked a lot?
2: No. No. Okay. No.
0: That's good. That's very good. Okay. And um, like when you were growing up. Like did anyone ever call you the N word?
2: I'm gonna be honest. I I've been called the N word more by black people than I have by white people.
0: Really? Just be, just gotcha. To,
2: just, just to be honest, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and there was that's interesting you say that because I was thinking yesterday about that word. Um because I was like, well, no wonder they, cause it's like your community, your culture took that word and took power, took the power out of it, you know, for the most part, okay. I guess you could say, and put it in right. and music and things like that, you know, right. I mean, that's kind of almost the way, I mean, that's just so clever, actually. <laughs> it's actually really clever because right. you take the power away. And I don't know if that's why you don't hear it quite as much, you know, anymore. I'm not really sure. Or people just saying it behind closed doors and quite, you know, it's, it's definitely different now from what it was, you know, back in the 80s. You know, um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I also don't hang around people that are racist, but, you know, I don't, I don't, you don't really ever hear that, that word anymore, you know? Um, you know, I don't,
2: I, I, I don't even say it myself. And yeah. I, if somebody does say it to me, I try to get them to use another word.
0: Hmm. Like, what do you say? Honest? What do you, what do you? Like if they say well, that word like,
2: to you you get them to use another word you know it you know I I, I try to especially if it's like a, a, younger, mm-hmm. a younger person mm-hmm. but you know that's like now like in my podcast I say kings and queens
0: yes I was gonna ask you why you say that it's cute I use
2: yes I, I use King kings and queens instead of using the n word or, or saying the b word you know bitch. Mm-hmm. sorry for mm-hmm. my for my language mm-hmm. but I try to I, I say that, but, you know, the, to be more positive, you know, you don't have to always use those words to express yourself.
0: Correct. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know I cast when I get frustrated, <laughs> um, which is a lot, but, um, but yeah. Um. So yeah. Cause you know, there's other words you can, you can choose, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, we were, you and I were talking the other day about like, um, you know, cause like my, my dad was racist and my grandmother was racist. I mean, my dad wasn't born racist. I mean, he was just born a baby, but you can see like kind of where his conditioning started because I mean, there's pictures of him in a diaper with um you know, alcohol in his hand that my grandmother, his mother gave him his racist mom. And right. um you know, I will say towards the end, you know, he died almost a year ago, but he started to change his mind. I had, been estranged from him for a couple of years and then we reconnected and the first time i saw him he had this fan our fam- a family genealogy book he loved history that was one good quality about him he loved history and he started talking about this genealogy book where it has our family members from virginia and louisiana and it's like this like almost like this um wills and testament kind of thing in there and it just goes on but it talks about uh different um, property they owned and farm equipment and in there it has list of slaves and the name of the slaves and how much they cost and like one little girl slave who had the same na- name as my daughter Sophia was 350 dollars and it was so crazy to me because in this book it talked, you know From the husband to the wife, he talks about, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're a godly woman and all of these things. And then when they list out the slaves, the property, they call them wenches, you know, and it just blows my mind how people, you know, that was the past. Yes, but the past is still with so many people I know daily in their lives, like my friend Sandra and her community and it drives me crazy when people say that's just the past, you know. I'm still learning about the past quite frankly because I'm I'm kind of I'm starting to wake up for my own dream, you know what I mean? But right. um why do why are people so uncomfortable with the questions? Like why what is it about it? Are you talking about white people or black people? White people. Why I mean, why are white people uncomfortable? Like why do they just want to brush it aside? I'm not saying all white people of course, but Right, right. You know, I, I had I, go ahead.
2: I, I just think that it's easy for them not to deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it's it's so much it's so much easier for you to knock over a cup of milk and keep walking away and let somebody else clean it up. Mm-hmm. It's so it's you no know, so much easier so they don't you know they, they don't want to deal with it. And then and then on top of it they probably don't want to to accept the fact that it did happen
0: correct yeah
2: so it, it's yeah I'm, I'm going to say that that's what it is
0: yeah yeah it's it's so this last few weeks have been so interesting nothing is a coincidence um, you know my grandmother my racist grandmother who's been dead for many years her she's actually buried down the like 20 minutes down the road I've never never gone to visit her um, but there was I felt like she was calling me like literally my phone was ringing from this small town that she's buried in down the street, like with that city and in... anyways. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go see her. And before I walk, I was like, you know, as I'm driving, I'm wondering why does she want to be buried out here? And as I pull into the parking lot and get out of my car, the first thing I see is this like monument thing for Confederate soldiers that are buried there. And um, I, I was like, okay, here it is in front of my face Why she wanted to be buried there. Um, but, you know, there's so many different sides and truths to so many stories in history and we'll never get any of that. But, you know, like you were saying, like people don't want to deal with it. I was reading last night because that was what got me. Is like, did these Confederate soldiers, like, did they all really want to fight this cause? You know, like, you know, because on the headstone thing, the monument thing, it says, you know, common men having uncommon valor, and I was like, huh, that's interesting, and as you read about, like, the Confederate soldiers, there was all this, like, propaganda with religion in the media, you know, and, um, you know, being brainwashed, you know, with religion and media, and then, you know, after, I was reading last night about, you know, after the war, like, You know the reconstruction and stuff and how have you ever heard of the group the lost cause group
2: no i have not
0: so it was like after the war you know the southerners they didn't want to deal with it (laughs) so they created a like a fake false story for themselves about how Oh, you know, the slaves, that was for their own good. Look how good they, you know, this was for, it was this whole, like, instead of, like, accepting they lost, they created this whole illusion, and they're still, like, the daughters of the Confederate soldiers and all this stuff, Um, you know, this illusion of, um, that they lost, you know, they blame it on the North, you know, the greedy North having all, you know, money and stuff like that, you know, so... Um, so do you, so obviously you, you, why do you think it's important for, for Zion and yourself and your family to give black history on your podcast to talk about that? Why is that important?
2: Uh, It's important because there's so much that we don't know. And it's so Mm -hmm. much that it's so much history that's been lost Mm -hmm. and, and I was just talking to fee about this earlier that you know it, it's he he needs to know he he needs to know where he came from in order for him to keep the the, the, the progress going for for our people because mm-hmm. his generation they they're they' they're up next you know after we after we're gone you know they they they're going to hold the torch to keep, to, to keep the progression going.
1: So mm-hmm. very,
2: it's very important, you know. Um, me and Fee for the last three days, we've been finding all kind of new stuff that we didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, though. How how much it's it? You can find so much stuff on so so much garbage, but at the same time, you can find so much informational stuff on social media. It's like it's yeah, just, it's it's crazy. Like I mean, the 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 more layers you pull back, and then you go down that rabbit hole, you are like hold up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> how yeah.
2: Come, how, how come I, I I didn't know about this? Uh huh. So it, it's it, it's very important. It's very very important. And and right now, right now, uh, with, without that information, we're we're lost because we don't know. We don't know. We don't know exactly where we came from. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what religion we're supposed to be. You know, worshiping. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's. there's a lot of history out there that we need to know so that we know who we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, like, yeah, for sure, because, I mean, like, I can tell you, like, my family's from Sweden and England and all these things, um, you know, because we we do have those books and things like that, and um, yeah, because it's, you know, brought over here, not wanting to come over here and... It's like this, there's this whole history, ancient history that's lost, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, how do you, how do you rectify How do you, does that make you angry or confused or, or just what does that do for you?
2: I love it. We're, we're angry, we're confused, we're frustrated, we're lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 it is, I mean, it's, it's, and it's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, that, yeah,
2: it's heartbreaking. I mean, so much of our history has been whitewashed mm-hmm. that you know we we're gonna spend another two hundred years maybe to figure everything out.
0: Yeah, yeah, history is whitewashed, and then something current happens, and then again, it's like they're not telling you the truth; they're whitewashing it again. Right, and that right. would be a big trigger. Mm-hmm. I see that. Um. When my friend Sandra, she was talking about you know the struggle of the black man and that there's a shortage of black men because some of them are in prison and you know don't grow up with fathers. Is that your experience in your community?
2: Yes and no. I mean, er, er, every black man has a struggle. I'm gonna tell you that now. Okay. And every, yeah. and, every and every black man doesn't have the same struggle. Hmm. So I, I I couldn't tell you what exactly what is the black man struggle because every black man struggle is not the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so okay. Now you got my ears perked up.
2: <laughs> and then and then and then you got to think. I mean, there there are men, black and white, that is in prison that comes from a whole family. Hmm. So just, just because they came from you know not having a a. a, a father figure or whatnot in their life that that necessarily doesn't determine them going to prison. Yeah. Or them are are them, you know, selling drugs or getting killed, I mean, is 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 a part of life.
0: Yeah. 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 So what would you say like your did, your struggle was as a black man, like growing up and coming and becoming a man? Like, do you feel like there were certain things in society that held you back or were many created obstacles for you?
2: I'm gonna say for me was the, the lack of having knowledge about money,
1: mm. how, how, how,
2: how money really works. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
1: That, that,
2: for me, that, that was, that would have been my struggle growing up and you know, to now, now I know better, but you know, well, once you kind of make those choices, then you got to recover. <laughs> so, right. But, but for me, it, it would have been how to, you know how how to spend how to spend the money, you know, once you get it, and and, and how to manage the money. But right. that, that to me would have been my struggle growing up, and that's that's something that is lacked, you know, in, in black. It, I'm I'm not gonna say in all black communities, but in most mm-hmm. black communities, is that. You know, for one, they don't always have the money, so mm-hmm. that's a that's a struggle within itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But then, when you do have a good job and you're making good money, then it starts getting mishandled
1: mm-hmm.
2: because because you know your your mother or father or aunt uncle whoever that was you know, raising you didn't didn't give you the right direction on how to handle your money. Well, who's to say that they even did? Right. So that cycle keeps going.
0: Right. Right. And my friend Sandra was talking about, you know, like it was expected you would have to give you could only keep one thing for yourself and give to others. Is was it is it like that in your community where you're expected to give most everything you have, like you can't keep it all?
2: Mm, no. Nah, I I don't no I, I don't I wouldn't say that's for every community.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and this is what I love is because like she was saying this is her own experience you know right. and right. it's not across the board you know and this, that's the point too is like everybody has their own experience it's funny when you're talking about money because I was never taught that either we we bunny was never respected it was yeah. sort of a paradox because I grew up in this like you know, white middle-class family house, but we had no milk in the fridge because my mother didn't, she would get trust fund checks and blow it and wouldn't budget, you know. And I was telling somebody the other day, I said at one point she couldn't pay the taxes on it anymore. So she sold it and we were in an apartment, you know, like, so, you know, I had to create that for myself, you know, um, because, you know, I, after, you know, Turning 18 and getting checkbook and writing, you know, a couple hot checks. I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. You know? Right, right. So um, you know, that's just that's really interesting. So how did you teach yourself like about money? Like what did you do?
2: Research, go broke.
0: Uh mm-hmm. uh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> you know, the 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 growing pains of of, of finding out how you know what what dollars really worth. Yeah, It it was just, I literally had to learn as, as I went on, you know, from Mm
0: -hmm.
1: from
2: 18 to now, it's just like, oh, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you you know, you, you, you hear those questions like, well, if you can go back and talk to your 18 year old self, well, uh, save your money. (laughs) Don't save your money. You know, that, 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 that would be the one conversation I would have with myself. But, you know, I know now, but back then, no, I did not. I did not know at all, but it it was it, it was, I, I I had to, I had to just get out there, and I found out I found out the hard way, like like everybody else does, you know, everybody, whether it's money or relationships or, what what whatever life brings your way, right? People, they you find out as you go on, then, is it's it's what what you do with the knowledge once you find out?
0: Yeah, it's through experience that you learn. Yeah. So, yeah. in your like your family, like no one like er, people just spend the money and that's it. Like there there was no talk of like bills and budgeting and all those kinds of things.
2: There was, but it just wasn't a fundamental about how mm-hmm. to save money or gotcha. or or not spending your stuff on useless things that that doesn't yeah. really
0: have any value. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. No, it's like this paycheck no. to paycheck kind of thing. Right. Right. Gotcha. Um, and you know, my friend Sander was talking about how the black man is viewed as aggressive and you, don't, you don't really have much experience that you know of, but why do you think that is? Why do you think the black man is viewed as aggressive? Where does that come from?
2: Them not knowing.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
2: Just, just, just assuming. Mm-hmm. Now don't get me wrong. Don't, I mean, there's aggressive white men, there's aggressive black
0: men. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean,
2: to, just, just to say that, you know, black men are aggressive, that, that's, you know, putting it one-sided. Right. But, I mean, there, there there's aggression on both sides. Uh-huh. But, but unless you try to understand, you know, talk, communicate how what we're doing,
0: you mm-hmm. never know.
2: You're You're always going to assume.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How
2: how would you how would you know if you always assumed you you just you just going to just yeah, he's aggressive. He looks aggressive.
0: Right. He looks aggressive.
2: He he looks aggressive, he looks suspicious. So Mm -hmm. we're gonna just Yeah. We're gonna just keep we're gonna just keep our our eye on him. Mm
0: -hmm. Just to Mm -hmm. make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of approaching him and asking, you know, how's your day going? You know, it's like because You know, if you feel like someone's now I get an aggression looks different for everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. like my threshold is probably different because I work in an inpatient psych unit where everybody's psychotic. You know what I mean? And so my threshold is probably a little bit different and skewed because, you know, if someone could, you know, think someone like raising their voice in like, you know, um, a a parking lot or, you know, in a built inside of a building or a restaurant or something oh my God, they're aggressive. And I'd be like, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right. that's just right. like my threshold, you know? Right. Um, and it's just, it's, so my point is, is like, like you said, like, you know, they look aggressive and it's like, my thing is, it's not even about that person. It's about something inside of yourself that you don't feel safe, right? right. It's right. not even about the person. Something in that person is triggering you gratefully, that you're being triggered to look at what it is, what is it about them that is making you think they're aggressive and talk about it. Like, everybody wants to run from their feelings, you know, everybody wants to run away from the uncomfortable, but that's where all the healing is at, is the uncomfortable, the uncomfortable conversations and questions, you know. Right.
2: I mean, it it, it only takes two seconds to say, hey, how you
0: doing? Right. Right. Have a good
2: day. Hey, what's right. going on? You know, a head nod or, you know, just a thumbs up and, and keep it going. You, you, you'd be surprised what, what kind of reaction you may get back. You may, you, he, he may ignore you. He may give you a head nod.
0: Mm-hmm. He may say,
2: hey. He may say, hey, and
0: keep on walking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Exactly. And like, like, you know, he and he he may have just his mom, whoever may have just been like getting on his nerves. You know what I mean? Cause frustration might look aggressive to somebody. Like I probably like, I think my daughter, when I get frustrated, she's like, God, mom, you're aggressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not even aggressive. I'm just frustrated, you know? And you know, you never know, but like you could change, change the dynamic instead of just being, Oh, let me keep my eye on them and let's be all anxious and tense, which causes more tense and anxiety. When you do right. that, you can make a difference in someone's life. I mean, you never know who you can touch by simply asking, how are you? Right. Yeah. And yeah. some people might go, well, that's not my job. So you want to continue to live in this fear and anxiety of something that's probably not even true. Hmm. Yeah. You know?
2: That, that, that That's the world we live in, though. Yeah. That is the world that we live in. I mean, I, I go to the grocery store and then if I get eye contact with hey, how you doing, they say, Hey, back. And and that's and that's that's black or white, young mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: old. You know,
2: so, some some acknowledge me, some don't. Uh but it is what it is. I, I don't take it as hey, they damn she she was pretty aggressive about ignoring me. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's like, hey, well, well, let me go get yeah. this loaf of bread and keep
1: on uh-huh. keep on
2: going. But uh-huh. I don't I I don't know what's going on in her day. Yeah. I don't know what she's going through. maybe she's just having one of those days where she just she's zoned out or she's going through
0: something. hmm hmm
2: Doesn't that doesn't mean that she's aggressive.
0: Right. Right. You know, right. Yeah. And we were you and I were talking about um, this was just something I don't know why it's taken. Like I said, I, I've woken up from my childhood programming dream. But anytime I have gone out to it's really just at a restaurant, gone out to eat with one of my black friends. It doesn't matter if it's female or male. They always seem they always every time they always do like this head count of who, how many black people are in the restaurant. And I've never asked them. Like, why do you do that? You know, and it's funny. They do it out. They say it out loud. Like they're, I don't even, like, I'll be in the middle of talking. And then all of a sudden I hear counting, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, what's (laughs) happening right now? And, you know, and, uh, my friend, like we had gone out of town and, you know, we were in a very, you know, white town. Um, and she was like, we're the only black people here. She had her niece with her. But I, I need to go back and ask her why she does that. But do you do that too?
2: Because. Majority of times, you know before you even pull up.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: really?
2: Yeah, really. I
0: mean, the,
1: the,
2: depend on here. Depend on what kind of restaurant it is,
0: mm-hmm. You know. Okay. Okay. You,
2: you you know when you pull up, what what kind of atmosphere is going to be.
0: And, I see. And,
2: and sometimes you can be surprised because you you never you never know until you go in. But I don't do. I don't. I don't know. Do, I don't do the head count to be honest <laughs> really I no i don't but but i i do check my surroundings but mm-hmm. no i don't i don't do the head count of uh how many black people the ratio between black and white mm-hmm. <laughs> or Whatnot. no i don't <laughs> i don't i don't i don't do that at all <laughs> that's
0: hilarious uh, yeah and i did ask my friend the other day like about if he does that and he said yeah but He's just checking to, to know if the food's going to be good or not.
2: <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. And, and and I totally get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just depends on where you go. I mean, there's some restaurants I know the food's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, right. You no, know, you, you just know, like, yeah, this is going to be
1: oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I, I hope they got a lot of salt and pepper in
0: yeah <laughs> well and one <what> of your <laughs> episodes yeah one of your episodes you were talking about black people overseason their food why do you think that is
2: i don't think it i know it <laughs> you know it oh my
0: god okay oh, oh, uh, i know
2: it oh I why do they it, yeah
0: okay so why do they why is is there what why do they do that
2: just because they just n- not knowing how how salt and pepper and seasonings, how, mm-hmm. how it really works. No, h- how it works. Uh, I had a nephew of mine uh, a while back post a picture. He was cooking fish and he had like, he had like five. The other four has the same ingredients as the one that you can use.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Like,
2: you, you, you don't need all that, but it's, it, and then it, it I think we're a little heavy-handed when it comes to it. Like, ah, eh, that's not enough. We need more, you know. Like, it needs to be caked mm-hmm. on. And, and it doesn't. It doesn't. It really yeah. doesn't take a lot to to season meat at all. And then, uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about how, like, uh, when we make like macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. you know, you know, when when you when you boil your pasta, you add salt to the water. Yes. So then your cheese automatically uh, has sodium in it has the salt in it and then we then they add more salt like no you don't need all that you don't need all that because all the salt you, you get from the pasta and you get the salt mm-hmm. with the cheese. you don't you don't need that much more salt to yeah add. <laughs> trust me it, it's going to be there you know with the it, it's going to be there
0: yeah that should be the name of like your cookbook it should be called trust me <laughs>
2: yeah trust me yeah <laughs> well,
0: trust me you know all yeah, about man. how to season your food that's uh, yeah, awesome yeah. i I've,
2: I've it's i've 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 actually been you know ate some food to where I can smell the salt
0: mm. have
2: have 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 you ever had so smell how um, all that the the seasons coming off the food
0: um you know what Sadly, I've only had soul food one time, and that was back when I was a teenager. That's interesting. I I was like 14 or 15, and it was around the time I was really trying to, like, figure out why people were happy, like my teenage friends. And one of them was this white girl, Heather, and she was like, goes to church. So I started going to her church, and it was a Baptist church, and then I just ended up not liking it because I felt they were judgmental and not authentic and so then I was hanging around my black girlfriend, Kendra, and she was like, come to church with me. And that's the first time I've ever been to a black church. Like, like that's the first time I've ever felt like black love, you know? And I was like, why is everybody so happy? You know, what, what is it? Why, what's the, what is the secret that her dad like had made, you know, some soul food and stuff. I mean, I, I don't know what I was eating. I think, a. a a neck of something i don't know but she was like it's so good i was like i guess i trust <laughs> you i don't know i don't this is i don't even know what i'm eating right now but um and i don't honestly i don't remember if it was good or but i think i was just so freaked out about the body part of the animal you know um right but yeah i mean so like what is considered soul food like what is soul food uh greens macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. uh, fried uh, chicken,
2: chicken fried fish more Anything, like, you know, pork chops.
0: Okay. Chicken. Awesome. What do you smother? What do you smother it with? Mm hmm. Great. So, um, with gravy. Oh, with gravy. Okay. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So, like, if I were that to yeah, go yeah, that, that, to, yeah. like, oh, no, we have a lot of Mexican restaurants down here in Texas. Um, we have a lot of Mexican restaurants oh, in Texas, yeah. but. Yeah, um, there. I think there is like maybe um two soul food restaurants, I don't know, but I do know that in the what you call the quote black part of the neighborhood, like if I drive through there, there's some like barbecue, there's some truck there, maybe it's a soul food truck, but I've always wanted to stop by. I think next time I would just will because everybody looks like they're having a really good time, <laughs> you know, um, and I think that too, like. That's why I have always been drawn to, like, different cultures, especially the black culture, because when y'all get around food, it's just, it's laughter and happy. It's family and it's community and it's love. Right. Which is just beautiful. It's just beautiful. You're right.
2: You're beautiful. right. You're right. Uh, if you can, stop. food.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And I will... Hey, let, me ask you, let me ask you, Willie. Let me if I go to a sulfur restaurant, is it okay if I walk up to a black man and go, what's the black man's struggle?
2: Uh no, nah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do
0: that.
2: Just get food. You, you might just want to ask. Yeah, you, you just might want to ask what's the daily special that's what you would ask
0: (laughs) that's it that's the only question i need to ask don't be don't be doing that be like what in the hell what's this chick doing (laughs) well that's so funny well willie i really appreciate your time um coming on my episode and being so honest about everything i mean it's it's actually really nice to hear that things Mm -hmm. aren't for you in your life in your world aren't as bad as my friend Sandra's in her world, you know, it is, right. it's, but it's a bit like she said is like everyone it's not all black people are the same. Like everybody has their own struggle and, and not even just black mm-hmm. and like we all have our own individual struggle with all kinds of things. And then you throw in race and that's a whole different thing. But um, I really, I really appreciate you. I mean, we just met and I love getting to know you through an episode. That's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. but um, I just I really appreciate you so much for coming on my episode.
2: I appreciate you for having me.
0: Okay, well, you want to tell them where they can find your podcasts
2: Uh, the thing about us, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on almost every platform
0: there is. Awesome! Awesome! So yeah, check out and I'm going to put your um, show link in my my podcast notes so they can find your, your podcast so they can go, go listen to their, it's very, it's actually, you feel like you shouldn't be there, but it's cool that you are there. You're like listening to a married couple talk about daily things and, you know, it's really, it really is really fascinating. It, it's pretty cool. Well, thank you so much, Willie. I appreciate you. You have a great night. Okay, bye.